Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and I am ready to talk sports cards with all of you. And I got to tell you, we have a milestone here today. I sat down, got my show notes together, getting ready to do what I do. I record these on Sunday. It is uh, part of my routine. And as I sat down, I, I looked and I said, holy shit, we're on episode 200. We are celebrating episode 200 of the Stacking Slabs podcast, and my mind is a little bit blown. It has been a labor of love. It has been two episodes a week over the last two years, and it's been the most rewarding experience that I have had in the hobby. It has been a vehicle to connect me to you. It has given me the opportunity to learn at an accelerated rate by connecting with people who are deeply experienced, deeply passionate, and who have been in the hobby a lot longer than I have. It has been a reminder to me to always do it for yourself, to not follow other people. It is okay to be influenced by other people, but don't let that take control of you. That is what I have learned from the Stacking Slabs podcast is being the host. I evaluate the landscape. I evaluate markets. I evaluate everything that is happening on a day-to-day basis, probably obsessively. I have learned that I take my professional skills and apply them to the hobby on a day-to-day basis inside and outside of these episodes. And I think first and foremost, What I always want to do with this show coming up on 200 here or being at 200 is I always want to share my mindset and mentality and encourage anyone who is listening to follow your instincts and do it for you. Go out there, put your blinders on, don't necessarily pay attention what other people are doing, but learn, get educated. Buy cards that make you freaking happy. The more you lean into going down rabbit holes that you want to pursue because of nostalgia, because you like a certain player, because you like a certain set, that's the most fun you're going to have. You're going to continue to be in the hobby. You're going to continue to contribute. And that is what I've learned. And I hope as a listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast, you tune in because What you hear from me is a little bit different than the mainstream, a little bit against the grain. I think this has always been a passion project of mine, but it has also motivated me to think critically about how can I turn this into a business opportunity and something that is going to not only satisfy me and what I'm passionate about, but is going to better the hobby. And my mindset has been completely flipped in these 200 episodes. The show has made me a better professional. It has made me better in my day job. It's allowed me to be a better marketer. It's allowed me to continue to find ways, no matter what, to come from a place of abundance and add value. 
We need more people in the hobby that are mindful of adding value to the community. I try to take a position there. I try to take a position and be one of those individuals. I'm not the only one. There's so many other great people that are mindful about adding value. I think about these 200 episodes and I think about, hey man, like you are running a startup right now. You are a new dad. Life is crazy. There's really no downtime. And why the hell do you do this? Why do you take your time, energy, money, resources to keep coming back? And it's because I'm addicted. I'm addicted to the conversation. I'm addicted to the connection. I'm addicted to the cards. I'm addicted to learning. And you know what? Like, I have learned when you have something that you are so passionate about, whatever you do, don't let off the gas. Keep going because people help validate that. You all validate that. I get new messages every week from listeners telling me that I've been listening to your show forever. First time reaching out. I just want to say I appreciate it. Thank you so much. In 200 episodes, every week that happens. And that means a ton. I really appreciate the gratitude. I think there's a whole lot of opportunity in the, in the hobby. I think there's going to be continued changes. I think there are needs. There's needs on technology and infrastructure. There are needs on people. There are needs in communication. There are needs in business. There are needs in marketing. There are so many needs If as I zoom out and evaluate how this hobby comes together. And my feedback to all of you, because this is what I'm thinking about, if you find an opportunity in this market and in this hobby that excites you and it's something that you have skills to go fill and it's a gap and you know it needs to be filled, go explore that. Go do it. I encourage anyone who is out there to go explore it because we need skills, we need ideas, and we need passion. So from the top, 200 episodes deep, thank you for being a listener. I do appreciate it. We have some stuff that's happening that I'm going to talk about. I guess I'm going to mention the Drake stuff. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to uh, lay a little bit of a different lens on that. So I'm going to mention that. I'm going to talk a little bit about some buying some raw cards, grading them, seeing some ROI, not necessarily selling, but just seeing some increased growth because instinct. I'm going to ask the community, what are some examples that you've gone through where you have been first to something and been rewarded on the other end? We're going to talk about those things. But before we get started, I'd be remiss to not send my condolences to the bad guy, Scott Hall. We lost Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, this past week. Influential professional wrestler in the space. Um, Sad passing. I think the reaction from everyone on my feed who's a pro wrestling fan was overwhelming. You can tell that Scott Hall touched a lot of people, influenced a lot of people, and he definitely passed too soon. I think he is one of the best minds that we had in professional wrestling. When I think about Scott Hall, there are a couple things that come to mind, a few things maybe. I've got three when Scott Hall comes in my head. Number one, I remember watching Superstars and being a kid and seeing those Razor Ramon promos and just looking at this guy dripping with machismo 
and just being like, this guy looks like the coolest guy ever. That's one. Number two, WrestleMania 10, ladder match, Shawn Michaels. Undeniable, set the stage for that match and for what is possible on the grandest stage of them all. Number three, the transition. Scott Hall moving from WWF at the time to WCW, being a founding father of the NWO. I think what's important from the business side too is the fact that when Nash and Scott Hall moved over to WCW, they changed how the contracts work, getting more guaranteed money. And I think that opened the door for more wrestlers getting paid more, more guaranteed money. And I think that changed um, the business probably for the better. So hard to believe that he is gone, but there are so many memories out there and I have definitely been enjoying those. So rest in peace, bad guy. You will be missed. Also, by the time I hit record on this last episode, I'd be remiss if I didn't comment because he he put it out there in the evening after this was recorded. But yes, Tom Brady, of course, is back. <laughs> Big shocker, right? Um, I think we all kind of felt like, you know what? I think Tom Brady's probably got some more football in him. And to me, it was the most un-Tom Brady thing of all time to retire like he did after a loss like that. It just didn't seem right. So I am glad Tom Brady is back. I am uh, glad Tom Brady is back, not only to watch him and see a living legend play on a week-to-week basis, but also I think Tom Brady being active helps football cards. His market, I pulled up card ladder right before I hit record, his market increased in the last year 123%, which is wild. That's insane. We all saw that. We all felt it. I mean, I think over the last, uh, there's been a slight dip over the last month, which newsflash everybody, no matter how big of a legend you are, no matter how great you are, things don't go up forever. But I'll say this. I think the fact that Tom Brady is back playing football is significant to anyone who collects football cards. I think having a living legend like this play and be active it satisfies both sides. It satisfies the Hall of Fame collector. It satisfies the active player collector, or maybe you're a hybrid of both and you're feeling it on both ends. I think it helps prop up the market, and I think it gives guys, active players, it gives them some sort of benchmark, and it also gives guys like a Matt Stafford, a living legend, to slay, right? I think it's good for football. I think it's good for football cards. I just want to see this guy keep playing until the wheels um, fall off, but I will definitely be monitoring if his cards turn back around, start ticking back up. My guess is that'll probably happen. Um, but yeah, we get more Tom Brady new football cards. I mean, what more can you ask for? So shocked, not really, but excited to see Brady back. NCAA games, March Madness is happening. It is taking over my life. I've just, whenever I've had any downtime, I've been watching the games. In fact, I was. At some games on St. Patty's Day, was at the parade in Indianapolis for a little while. I left, went over to uh, Gangbridge, almost said Banker's Life, to watch some hoops. I was solo, just by myself. It was very peaceful. I had my phone in my hand. I had no distraction but basketball, and it was fun just getting caught up in the mix. I had no dog in the race, but it's always fun to be a part of those March Madness games. And I will say this, I'm heading back to Gamebridge as I record this, and I am seeing my Indiana Pacers play the Portland Trailblazers. 
this afternoon, a 3.30 tip here in Indianapolis. You know, it's been with the baby and everything happening, I had not been to a game this year. And it's crazy. It's just my, just didn't have the time. And so I was talking to my wife. We were just sitting down to dinner. I said, well, we got to go to a game this year. I know the Pacers haven't been the most exciting or fun team, but I'm really optimistic on this young core. I'm excited to see Tyrese Halliburton wearing some Pacers blue today. So going to the basketball game this afternoon, hopefully we uh, see a good game. But yeah, I'm, I love live sports. I feel fortunate that I get NCAA tournament. A couple days later, I get to go see the Pacers. I'm all for the live sporting experience. Obviously, I'm a cold season ticket holder. More on that in a second. Quarterback transitions have just consumed us right now. And I, I put this up in the Instagram feed. When Russ moved over to Denver, 245 sales via card ladder tracked. Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland, 183 sales tracked just in the day of that transition. I think what a crazy offseason. The NFL calendar is truly turning into a year-round thing. And when I was little, it was like the season was over and I felt like I was waiting forever. And now it is truly year-round and we are seeing that reflected in the football card market. Right when the Super Bowl ended this year, we were already thinking about combine. And then we go to the combine and then we think about free agency. And now that we're in free agency, we move over to the draft. Before the draft, you're going to start talking about OTAs. Then there's going to be the camp. Then there's going to be preseason. And before you know it, ta-da, here we are, right back in the season. And I think based on the numbers, based on the volume, based on sports betting, based on the viewership, based on fantasy football, football is certainly a beast. It is a mammoth. And we are seeing that attention in the football card market. And I think, I think it continues to grow. I do. I think it continues to grow. And maybe it doesn't necessarily grow on the active front end, like right? Like how much money can you keep pouring into Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and all these guys? Are they great quarterbacks? Hell yeah. They're awesome. I stop everything in my tracks and watch them every week. Maybe they continue to go up. Hope so. But I also think based on last week's episode with Ben at Brooklyn Barry Bright, there's going to be a resurgence. There's going to be people coming in collecting Hall of Fame football players, which will help grow and contribute to that market. So I'm bullish. I'm optimistic. I'm having fun. This is a space I play a lot of time in, spend a lot of time in, excited to see what happens, what I'm not so excited about right now. And I feel like I've got my phone attached to my hip here because Every 10 seconds, I've got about two dozen NFL reporters slash writers alerts on on my Twitter. I'm just looking for information. I'm looking for information as a season ticket holder of the Indianapolis Colts. And maybe we'll know more. Sure as hell hope we know more by the time this episode goes live. But I want to know what the hell's happening. Who is my quarterback going to be? What is going to happen? I expected once the Deshaun Watson domino fell, then maybe 24 hours later, we'd have a new quarterback. That has not been the case yet. Everyone says be patient. Everyone says be patient. And I'm losing my patience a little bit. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I feel like there's got to be some like three-team deal going on that's taken forever. Who the hell knows? But I'm growing impatient. I'm not going to comment on who I want or who I think. I'm still debating that in my mind. But all I know is that with transition – There becomes a lot of uncertainty. And right now, as I record this episode on March 20th, 2022, at 1058, 
I'm going to check my Twitter one more time before I make this statement. Uh, yep, still no updates. Uh, no quarterback for, for my Indianapolis Colts. Hopefully that changes by this time, by the time this episode goes live. Let's talk a little bit about the um, Drake factor that took over the hobby. I'm not going to get into the, oh my God, Drake's in the hobby. Let's go throw a freaking party. What I want to do, take a step back and share my observations. I put this on my stories. said, it's been funny ever since this Drake deal happened, looking at the mentality and the mindset and the audience's reaction of Drake. And I said, there's three groups. The one group was, oh my God, hip hop icon mogul Drake is posting cards to the moon. And everyone's just like showing the same picture in the story without any context. Just like Drake. Yeah. Group one. Group two saying, I wonder if Drake's posts will help grow the hobby or is it just another hit and run opportunity? Feels like influencers, famous people, but ain't PSA, don't come our way. That type of, those clips like that, they come, they flash, and then they leave. Mark Wahlberg ripping boxes. Everyone wanted to throw a freaking hobby parade for that. There's that. So people are like, all right, this is good, I think, but let me be a little cautious. Then there's group three, which is what I said. I don't really give a, I don't give a shit about this. I don't care about Drake. I don't care about any celebrity. I'm just here for the cards. And then I want to shout out my man, Vintage Pacer. Steve said, can I be group four? And his group four was just like, I'm kind of sad that those cards that are in those boxes that Drake ripped that might be probably Pacers, PC potential cards will never hit eBay. So I'll never have a chance at them. So I, I, I can give airtime to group four. And so as I zoom out of the situation and try to figure out what group I'm in, probably group number three. But it's weird because I want these big people with platforms to help grow the hobby. Like we should all want the hobby to be grown. But also I'm very suspicious. I'm very suspicious that we can have manufactured influence slash celebrities coming in and all of a sudden our hobby, everyone's going to 10X their stuff. That kind of reminds me of what's happening in NFT land. It's like, all right, let's grab this celebrity. Let's grab these famous people and let's be like, oh, you know, this celebrity is on this project. So that makes it significant. Just seems manufactured and lame. I'm someone who doesn't really... I don't really care or have strong, I'm not influenced by celebrity status. That's just me. I appreciate their work. I appreciate professional athletes, but they're not going to help. They're, what they say or what they do off the field or off the court or off the screen isn't going to influence the direction of what I want to be doing in the hobby, respectfully. <laughs> Shout out Lameem James. Before I get into what I want to say about it a little more is I, I want to say like zooming out, I respect King Golden as a business guy. I respect Shine as a collector. Phenomenal. Uh, they're phenomenal at what they do. They're h- highly successful, respectfully. But like the last thing I want to be doing with the time in the hobby is sitting there with Drake like chatting in, you've got the Blaze guy ripping flawless cases, doing the Blaze thing, and you got Drake and Sh- it's just not for me. I protect my time. I'd r- much rather be exploring, investigating. I'd much rather be figuring out what what cards. I'd rather be communicating with you, trying to figure out what cards I need. 
rather than watch someone rip a bunch of flawless cases. Maybe it's because I don't care about flawless basketball. Maybe it's because I don't care about watching people break cases. Maybe take the characters out of this situation. I don't care. But I know a lot of people do care. And I think there's so many posts and so much stuff around that. And I think for me, my primary takeaway is let's wait and see. One person I know for a fact can't drive this. I know the celebrity from the feedback I received. And when I put up the group thing, the feedback from the hardcore collector was like, I could care less. And I wish the hobby spent more time servicing and catering the people that don't care and are the hardcore collector, because those are the people who are spending money at Golden. Those are the people who are spending money at PWCC. Those are the people that are spending money at Leland's. Those are the people that are making the hobby move. And people want to cast this wide net. Let's get more people in. You get someone into the hobby funnel, it is a long road that involves education, that involves failure. And as all these steps go along the way, people trickle out and very few continue and remain and then graduate to that stage where people feel comfortable spending $5,000, $10,000 on a card at one of these auctions. And I'm just not sure from a top of the funnel perspective yeah, Drake might bring in new people. However, does he keep, does he sustain? We'll see. I know people care. I think it's something we should continue to talk about. The one thing I do know is that you got to be consistent. I'm trying to be consistent over here. 200 episodes deep, consistent, two a week. So my questions is, is Drake's appearance going to be reoccurring? Will he become a hobby influencer? Was that even Drake? Or is it a Drake assistant? Who knows? I don't think that hit and run opportunities do anything for anyone. So if Drake's out there collecting cards, wants to wave the hobby flag, more power to him. I just want to see it more often. I want to see people giving context. And that's what I wanted. That's what I want out of this. Let's go. Let's make sure this is not just a hit and run. Let's see how we can benefit as a whole. And that kind of takes me to this whole numbers thing, it's, you know, I think about the volume of people saying stuff about this appearance. And I think about people's argument for saying he's going to bring in people, he's going to grow the hobby. And it gets into this topic that I've been exploring professionally for the past year and a half. And it's this quantity versus quality debate. And I want to talk about it from the context of just maybe followers or relationships in the hobby. So for me, in the startup that I'm working for, I have interviewed 150, 200 people over the last 12 months and exploring this conversation of quality versus quantity. In fact, like I'm positioning, as I'm positioning our brand, I'm positioning the hero in our story. And this individual who's our buyer or the hero in our story doesn't necessarily obsess over quantity like the mainstream does. As I've researched, this topic, what I do find is that the people left of center respect the quality component and optimize their activities for quality, whereas the majority chase volume and chase quantity. How do I get more followers? How do I get more subscribers? How do I get more leads? How do I get more, more, more? When in fact, people should be chasing quality. And this is in business and this is in the hobby. This is relationships. Having five people who really give a shit about you, what you're doing, and will stand on a mountain and 
pump you up, talk about you with your friends, promote you is a lot better than having a hundred people who don't give a shit about what you're doing. And you gotta over, we gotta overlook these vanity metrics. Just because someone has 20 K followers on Instagram doesn't mean that the content that they're producing and what they're doing is influential. I, I get asked all the time. I got asked this past week about why I don't have a YouTube channel. And I think th- It's not where I spend my time. I don't spend my time on YouTube. Do I understand it's a massive platform with a lot of people and opportunity? For sure. Will I ever have a YouTube channel? Potentially. But the reason I don't do it now is because I want to double down. I want to be consistent in the channels that I know my audience is at where I'm providing value. I'm consistent with this podcast. I'm consistent on Instagram. I go deep and I go hard. And I know that my audience member is not the person who's going to take time to pick up pick fights in YouTube comments and likely isn't the end, but is likely the individual that's going to spend thousands of dollars at Golden, at PWCC, at Leland. That's valuable. I would much rather have fewer of the hardcore collector following me, listening to me and communicating with me because I'm going to learn more rather than thousands of people that are surface level. And so I just challenge us as we move through this iteration in this era of hobby influencer coming in, let's just figure out if someone comes in, makes a big splash, they're sustaining that value and they're contributing to to what we're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, my feedback to anyone who's listening here is think more about quality, think less about quantity. And the more you do that and the more you lean into that, this can be in your PC too. Not saying it doesn't, does, it has to be, but it can be too. The more I've done that personally, the happier I've been. All right. Want to shout out again, Ben, Brooklyn, Barry Bright. Lot of good feedback. Lot of passionate fans and collectors in the Hall of Fame football space. Had a, had a lot of fun there. Go check out his page again. He's sharing some of the cards that he talked about on this episode. It is WrestleMania season, damn it. And wrestling cards are freaking on fire. And I love to be in this space. And you know what I'm going to do? I am going to deliver and bring you an episode this week. We got Prism coming out. The license is moving from Tops to WWE. So what I'm doing is I'm bringing on Lucas Kinzer, who's the brand manager at Panini, running with the WWE license. And he's coming on the show this Friday. Panini, America, represent. You know I'm a fan of WWE cards. You know I'm a fan of Prism. You know I'm a fan of Panini. I'm going to bring them on and we're going to explore the new product. We're going to talk about it, hopefully break some news, share some information. That's what I'm trying to do here. So if you're interested in WWE Prism, you're interested in just hearing from someone from Panini, don't miss out. All right, let's get into the closing of this damn episode. 200, man, 200 running laps over here. Okay, so I got a notification for a PSA sub that I got back this week. And it made me think. And I'm just going to spotlight one card. And I think I want to spotlight this card not because I'm going to say, oh my God, I'm the best investor of all time. I just want to spotlight this card because I want to show you what instincts can do and passion can do and where it can lead you. And here's a good example. So I bought the Brock Lesnar Gold Refractor from 2014. Tops Chrome, August 8th 
of 2021, I bought this card raw for $79 on eBay. This card sold last week for $1,300 raw. I had submitted this card before that sale to PSA. I got a notification from PSA this week letting me know that I gemmed the Brock Lesnar 2014 gold refractor out of 50. PSA 10, pop one. So that card that I bought because and I, bu- I didn't buy this card to invest. I bought this card because I fucking love Brock Lesnar. And to me, 2014, first gold refractor set, that sounds good to me. No one's talking about this card. I want this card. 79 bucks. I probably would have paid 400, 500 bucks at the time. No doubt. Card rule. Card rules. So anyways, now I'm on the other side of this. Now I've got a pop one, a PSA 10. Card just sold for 1300. Am I selling it? No, I'm not going to sell it right now, nor do I have plans to sell it. Does stuff happen where a bigger card that I want or a better card come up and maybe I take the Brock and move it into that one? That stuff happens and you can't really anticipate that. But for now, I have no plans in selling this Brock Lesnar card because I bought it and I love it. So I think it's buying stuff where no one else is, but you're there because you love it is important. I want to call that out. I think. My least favorite part of the hobby is the herd mentality. It's boring. People chasing the same stuff. I'm so sick of seeing the same damn cards of the same players all the time. It's boring. Like the opportunity in the hobby is to be different. And so I asked the community, I was like, man, I'm fired up about this sale. I had didn't announce it or this, this sub, I didn't announce it. I'm announcing it here. Hopefully I get the card back from PSA. I think it's supposed to come Monday. I'll post it. Check out my page. If it's not there yet, then I'm pissed off because I don't have it yet. But anyways, here's some of the responses. I asked about buying a card and seeing some growth over time just based on passion. Brian Sam Ting, he bought a Brady on the Horizons for $200 before the playoffs, before the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Now it's 1000 Seven deep sports cards, 1969 Mario Andretti. Love that. Can relate to Andretti here living in Indianapolis. Um, signed and slabbed. I like this one. 2011 Chrome uh, Crystal Atomic Manning. He subbed four of them and got tens last year, which was half the pop. Which that's awesome. I love that card. I have a B. I have the BGS ten pop one. So we got some uh, Crystal Atomic Bros over here. Cousins Collectibles picked up a Topps Chrome Rock in November. Sold for five X in March. Wrestling is hot. Yes, sir. Case Hit Hunter, Jack Hughes, Future Watch Patch Auto for $375 in, on June 19th. And, and some went for $2,200 two weeks ago. That's a big boy. Cards of Cascadia, my man. A lot of people, um, when, when people were buying vintage and ultra-modern soccer, I went pre-modern and was the first to pop a handful. He had a 2005 Mundi Chromo Sports Ronaldo PSA 10. He bought it for 40 bucks. Subbed it, uh, first to pop it. Now it's an $1,800 card. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Drake's PC, multiple cards getting ahead of 2014 Tops Chrome. Yep, Drake was right there with me. Stops Rustoleum. Stops Rustoleum. Bought a Tops Wander Franco Blue Parallel for 20 because I like the photo and stories, and now it sells for $300 and $400. I think it's important to always follow your instinct, follow your gut. If you like something, just because other people aren't talking about it, to me, that always rings opportunity. I know right now, there's a lot of people that are 
getting excited and playing in circles that I was playing in a few months ago, I'm cool with stepping back because I'll let other people fight it out. I'll go move on to the next one. And I love exploring opportunities that I think are good for me and my collection. And I think have opportunity to grow over time. Isn't that what the hobby's all about? Thank you so much for being with me and celebrating episode 200. You know, I'll be back on Friday. We got one Panini WWE excited to bring that one with to you. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. <laughs>